0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here's Pastor Ramirez. Now this morning, we're continuing our series on prayer, and the title of the series is Lord Help Us, Lord Help Us. And what we've done or what we're doing is looking at prayers from the books of Kings and Chronicles of men and and women on occasion who found themselves in difficult spots and who needed God's help. And so they asked for it. And I hope this encourages you to look to God and to ask Him for help when you need His help. And this morning, the title of this message is The Prayer of a Discouraged Man. The Prayer of a Discouraged Man. Uh, Hezekiah was a man of God. I believe Hezekiah was a good king. The Bible tells us that he loved God, he served God, he tried to follow God. But what we find in life is even good people have difficult times. Even good people have trials. We have troubles. We have problems. And these can discourage us. And we're going to see this morning, I think he was discouraged from seeking the Lord. That's what the world tried to do. Don't pray. Don't talk to God. He can't help you. And so he was discouraged from going to God, yet he went to God and he found help. And so this morning, I hope this will encourage you uh, when you're discouraged and you say, well, pastor, uh, I'm not discouraged right now. Well, praise God. Okay. (laughs) Praise God. But you know, you can be discouraged. I've been discouraged at times. I didn't even realize I was discouraged. Uh, what I mean by that, I was discouraged and I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm discouraged. I just didn't even realize I'm discouraged. And, then, and it just kind of hit me. And so if you ever find yourself discouraged, and we can be discouraged on many different levels. Uh, uh, discouragement is basically, uh, uh, we find discouragement due to circumstances. Uh, maybe something doesn't go the way we thought it would go. You know, An expectation is unmet. And so we're discouraged. Or, or maybe something that we strive for, we worked for, something we went after, we just didn't achieve it. And so we can be a little bit discouraged. Now, this morning, the discouragement may not be depression, but it may just be you're discouraged. You know, Something didn't go the way you thought it would, or something didn't happen as you wanted it to happen. And so there's some discouragement in there. Well, this morning, we find how to deal with that. We find how to deal with discouragement. And so let's see what we discover here from Hezekiah and how he dealt with his problem. I have four thoughts that I'm going to share with you this morning on the prayer of a discouraged man. So if you're taking notes, the first one is I want you to notice his priorities. His priorities. What did Hezekiah do when he found out all the problems and all the troubles? Well, the Bible tells us that he went. To the house of the Lord is where it tells us he went. Uh, We find that in verse, uh, let's look here, 2 Kings 19, it says here in verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and he read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. So he went to the house of the Lord, which would be the temple during that time. That's where God would meet with his people. And that's where he went is to the house of the Lord. Why did he go to the house of God? Because he needed God's help. He went to ask God to help him with this problem. The Bible tells us when he got there, he spread out the letter before the Lord. Isn't that an interesting way of doing things? He, he went and he just spread out his problem. He said, God, here it is. You know, this morning, that's what I want to encourage you to do if you ever have a problem. Spread it out before the Lord. Maybe get on your knees and say, God, here it is. Here's my problem. If it's a family problem, maybe pray together as a family. Say, Lord, here's what we're dealing with. Help us. As a church, Lord, here's what we're dealing with. Help us. And just spread out that problem for God. Uh, You know, Peter talks about casting your cares upon the Lord. That's what he's doing. He's casting his care upon God so God would hear his problem and help him out. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 46.1, it says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You see, God is there to hear hear you and God wants to hear your prayers. This morning I want to encourage you to go to God today. If you have any problem or anything that's discouraging you or anything that's giving you any trouble in your heart maybe go to God. Take it to the Lord. Uh, I want to begin with salvation. You know, salvation is in God. And to be saved you must go to God through Jesus Christ. We find in the Bible, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I hope and pray everyone here is saved. But if you're not, that's how you come to God. It's through Christ. You have to understand you're a sinner. You've sinned. And then you have to repent, which is basically turning from your sin, turning to God, receiving Jesus as your Savior. You know, Jesus taught, repent and believe and be saved. Paul taught the same thing. And so what we must do is Believe on Christ. Accept him into your heart. And the Bible teaches then you're saved. Your life will be changed. And so if you're saved here this morning, praise God. Rejoice. Uh, By the way, that's the biggest issue. Make sure you're saved. Make sure you've trusted in Christ. Now, I'd like to tell you that after you're saved, everything's going to work out wonderful on earth. But I'd be lying to you. And I don't want to lie to you this morning. Now, God will work all things out to good. He has promised that. But he didn't promise exemption from trials or troubles or temptations. Uh, I found out after I was saved that those things still exist. Uh, There's are still problems. Uh, I hope nobody gets a flat tire when you go home today. But, you know, we still get flat tires as Christians. You know, we still have some, some issues we got to deal with because we live in a world of sin. It's just the way life is. Well, the Bible tells us we can deal with those. And to begin with, Priorities. Go to God first if you got a problem. Take it to the Lord immediately. You know, I've been guilty of holding on to my problems. I don't know if anyone here has done the same. I have been guilty of having a problem and I stew about it, I think about it, I try to figure it out, and I think, you know, I should have just went to God first. If I would have went to the Lord to begin with, things would have first I would have had some peace in my heart. I wouldn't be worrying over things. I'd be trusting in the Lord. So I want to encourage you to go to God first. I mean, just, just go to God for help. And that's what he did. He went. Second thing he did is he prayed. His priority was he prayed. Now, that's why he went to God. But that's something I want you to think about. He prayed. Laid the, the letter out before the Lord and said, Here it is, God. You know, when you think about prayer, let me give you a few thoughts on prayer. Prayer often is a, what I'd call a habit. A ritual. Now, obviously, we don't want to get ritualistic in our prayers, but what I mean by a habit is, often as Christians, we pray over the same thing, you know, every day, and there's nothing wrong with that. You pray for your meals, give thanks to God, maybe for the meal you're about to eat, whether it's breakfast or lunch or dinner. You, you give thanks to God for that meal, or you may th- ask God for the same help throughout the day. Uh, you know, sometimes your your days may not change a whole lot. In other words, you may need help to, at work or at school. Today, Tomorrow, the next day, and so you have some of the same requests over and over, and you have maybe the same problems, uh, that maybe answers haven't come yet, so you're still praying over some of the same things. And so our prayer often is like that. And then all of a sudden something will come into your life that'll just grab your attention, that maybe even shake you a little bit, your faith. And that's when prayer becomes vital. Now, I think prayer is important every day. But you may have a trouble or a trial come into your heart, into your life. That you say, you know what, I've got to pray now. And that's what's here with Hezekiah. I tell you what, if he didn't go to the Lord, man, this would have been fatal. His, his country would have been destroyed. You know, there are going to be times in your life something's going to just come into your life that you weren't ready for, you didn't expect. And that's when you must go to God. That's when it's an emergency. But let me tell you, God's there for you. Okay, He's there to hear those prayers. That's what he wants you to do. Anytime, day or night. You know, one of my pet peeves is uh, being put on hold. Now, the worst is when I call somebody and they put me on hold, you know. Like, oh, I say, oh, I've got to wait and wait. And sometimes it's two hours. Sometimes you, you just listen to the music play. And, and, of course, every once in a while a recording will come. And as soon as it comes, I think it's someone. And then it's just saying, oh, no, we got to wait. We're busy. And and uh, I understand that, but I, it still bothers me. I still don't like to do it. You know, isn't it wonderful to know God's not going to put you on hold when you go to him in prayer? You can talk to God right now. You can talk to God tonight. And he's not going to say, well, no, You know, my office hours, I'm not here. God is there 24-7 for you. For all of us. So take advantage of that. Talk to him when you have a problem. Go to God. And if you're discouraged in any way, whether it's something didn't work out, maybe you're lonely, whatever it is, go to God and, and ask him for help. And that's what he did. He, he dropped everything. He went to God and he asked for help. Someone put it this way. What's Prayer is like opening a door. When you open the door, you let your troubles out. But by opening the door, you also allow comfort to start coming in, the work of God. And that's what prayer does begins to give peace, begins to work in your heart. So let me encourage you to pray. Here's the second thing I want you to notice He began by praising God. Praising God. Now, here's what's interesting about this He's got a problem, but He didn't right away say, God, help me with my problem. He exalted God first, lifted God up. This man's priorities were correct. In other words, he knew God was almighty. And he's honoring God in his prayer. You know, it's good to honor God in prayer. It's good to lift up God and and recognize who he is. More so probably for us than for God, obviously. It's for us, for our heart to be right with God. But let's look how he honored God here. Let's look at the verse here. We're in 2 Kings chapter 19. And I want you to notice, he says here in verse... Fifteen, He says, He prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. So notice just a few thoughts. First, he says, The Lord God of Israel. In other words, he says, You're the God of this land. You're, You're my God. That's why I'm coming to you. You know what we have a picture of? We have a picture of a man who's not going anywhere else. He's not saying, well, I guess, God, I'll try asking you for help. No, this is a man who's going by faith. And he's trusting God now. And he's saying, God, you're the only one I'm coming to. You alone. You're the God of Israel. You're the God of this land. And you're my God. And then he makes the reference of God dwelling between the cherubims. That's referring to to not only his place of honor, but also that takes us all the way back in the Old Testament to the covenant. In other words, the promises that God made. You know what he's doing in a roundabout way? He's claiming some promises here. I want to encourage you to do that when when you talk to God. If there's a need, I mean, if there's a need in your heart, in your life, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, you know, you promised to provide my needs, Lord. You promised. I'm going to ask you to keep your promise. You know, God wants us to claim those promises. Salvation is a promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when you accept Christ and receive him into your heart, you're claiming that promise, saying, Lord, I'm claiming that promise. So I encourage you to claim the promises in the Bible. That's what he's doing in a roundabout way. He's taking it all the way back to the Old Testament in in Exodus, saying, God, you're the God of, of the covenant. You're the God who gave us these promises. And now we're in trouble, God, and we need your help. So he refers to the promises, but then notice he also talks about the God of the world. You see, the Lord is not limited to just one nation, or just to one king, or to one group. And he mentions that here at the very end. He says, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. So now Hezekiah opens it up in his prayer. He says, God, you're not just the, my God, you're just not just the God of this land, but you're God of this entire world, of all the kingdoms of this earth. Because you're the creator. You're the one who's made all. You see, folks, what we find here is he put God in his right place. And that's where prayers are answered. When we honor God, exalt Him, lift Him up, recognize who we're praying to. You see, he's not just praying to any God. He's praying to the Lord God Almighty. The one who hears prayers and answers them. And so what we find here is this man... Praised God, worshipped him. And now he's going to take the problem to the Lord. Let's look at that. Here's his problem now. So he gets to the third one. He says, here's my problem, God. And and we find here in verse 16, he says, Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words. These are two interesting expressions. And let me share them with you before we move on. First he says, bow down thine ear uh, you know what that means? It means like give your ear, attend to or hear. Uh, basically, here's the picture. Have you ever seen someone, or maybe done it yourself, where someone says something and you you don't hear them very well? Maybe they're whispering. You gotta have to put your ear a little. What you you know? What you say? If you, you speak a little louder. That's the picture he's given. He's saying, Lord, give me your ear. In other words, Lord, please hear. Have you ever felt that way in prayer, where you just have something you are concerned with, and you go to God? And you just want God to hear you. Well, that's what Hezekiah is doing. So there's nothing wrong with asking God, say, God, please hear this. And then he also said, God, open your eyes. Now, obviously, we're talking about metaphors here. Where he's saying, God, open your eyes so you can see all that's taking place. I think it's a comforting thought knowing God sees everything. He pays attention. You know, if you've ever been treated unfairly or if there's ever been what we call an injustice done to you, I tell you, it's wonderful knowing God is paying attention. He hasn't missed it. Okay? He hasn't missed it. You, you be faithful. You live right. You trust God because he's seen it. And he's going to take care of things. What did he say? Vengeance is mine, saying to the Lord. He'll deal with people in their way, or in his way, and in his time. You trust God. You do what's right. And we find here, he's saying, Lord, open your eyes to what's going on. We're, we're about ready to be destroyed. We've got a problem here, God. Will you please open up your eyes to this? You know, there's nothing wrong with asking God to... Get involved in your life. And that's what he's doing. You know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking God to get involved. Lord, will you please hear this? Will you please help me with this? Maybe it's at work. you got a problem dealing with somebody or dealing with something at work. And it's just driving you crazy. You say, Lord, will you you please hear me? Will you please open your eyes to this and, and give me some wisdom? I believe God will give you wisdom. I believe God will give you direction. And no matter what career you have, you know God is the creator of all things. That's what it takes us back to. He's the creator. He knows you. He knows your problems. He he knows what you're dealing with. And he can help you with those trials. And that's what he's asking here. He said, Lord, help me uh, through this problem. So here's a few things that I want to share with you on this as far as his problem. Think about all the forces that are out there. And, And notice what he says here. He goes into it a bit. He talks about what's out there. He says here, Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands. This is verse 17. You know, let me point something out to you. He didn't deny the facts. Okay? This man was aware of what was going on. This king was. He says, Lord, uh," guess what? They're right. They've been destroying everything. They have been conquering lands. They have been knocking down kings. Nobody can stand in their way. I tell you that that's a real problem, and he's saying, "God, this is real." And maybe you have a real problem like that today. Maybe there's something in your life that has just been a, a trial or trouble, and you can say, "God, this is this has just been hurting me. It's been hurting my family. It's been hurting where I'm having a hard time with this at work, or I'm having a hard time with this at school." God, will you please hear me? Will you please hear and open your eyes to this, and so you can help me? And, and so he talks about the, the the forces. Now, here's two things he discovered. That I think it's good for us to consider. One, he was powerless to stop these forces. He couldn't stop that. You know, there are a lot of things in this world that we are powerless to do. Now, I'm going to tell you, my dad, I thank the Lord for my dad. He's with the Lord today. But he raised three boys and he raised us to be very independent. And he challenged us. And I think it's good. Whether it's boys or girls, challenge your kids. You know, I thank the Lord for the country we live in. We're not limited. Aren't you glad we're not limited in our country? You know what's wonderful about our country is if someone puts it upon their heart to excel at something, they can. And they should. Work hard. Do your best. Praise God for the freedoms we have. Praise God for the, the blessings you have in your life. And so young people here, if you, I guess I'm not going to get in trouble and guess anyone's age. But if you're young here, go forward in life with God. If God's given you dreams in your heart, and by the way, if they're there, if God's put them there, you go for it. You work hard for those. Nothing wrong with that. Excel. Do your best. And that's what we find as far as this king here. These forces were big and he ran into a problem. He said, Lord, uh, I can't deal with this. So as we go forward in life, we may run into situations where we say, you know what? This is too big for me. And by the way, it's hard for some people to admit that sometimes. I've been there where I just have a hard time admitting that I can't do something. But you know what? There are times we have to. Someone once said, well, prayer is a sign of weakness. You know, I agree with that. Because what it is, when we pray, we realize we can't do something. And we grab hold of God's strength. We grasp hold of what God can do for us. And at times, we have to get to that point where we say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. Will you please help me? And that's where this man is. I I can't do this, God. I've discovered I'm powerless before these people. I can't oppose them anymore. And then, also, here's another thing. They, they, They sent him some false messages. You know, people talk about fake news today. And I'm not going to get into politics this morning. But people talk about fake news. Let me tell you, fake news have been going on a long time now. Look at verse 10 of this chapter. It says here, we've read it, 19 verse 10. He says here, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. You know, it's interesting, if you go back, even in the previous chapter, this king here taunted. He taunted Hezekiah. And he basically said, No, your God's not going to help you. Your God has told me to come. Your God's going to give me power. You know what he's doing? He's basically just lying. He's deceiving. Folks, there's always been that in this world today. And you're going to run into that. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to discourage Hezekiah from going to God. Now, I don't know if he believed in God himself. He's basically saying, Hey, you just need to surrender, you just need to quit. You guys are in trouble. You, you can't do nothing about this. So what we find is a false message that's discouraging him. You know what? Uh, today there's a lot of discouragement out there that, as was way people maybe, or just the world itself may discourage you from going to God in prayer. Maybe you've heard someone say, "Well, God God's not going to hear that, or God's not going to answer that." Well, who says? See, it's just discouraging you from taking something to God. Don't let that discourage you. Go to God with your concerns in person. I've heard someone say, well, you know what? That's no big deal. That's just something trivial and minor. Don't take that to God. Well, I'm here to tell you, if it's part of your life, it's not trivial. It's not minor. It's important. And if you have a problem or something that you're concerned about, take that to God. Don't let someone discourage you from prayer. Don't let someone discourage you from going to God. You go to God. You trust in Him. And and so we find here he was discouraged by these fake or false messages trying to deceive him and trying to keep him from going to the Lord. Here's also something that's interesting. We pick up in this passage that the Assyrian army was in trouble. Okay? What What's happening is Egypt and forces from the north or the south are beginning to move up. And they were beginning to attack Assyria. They're coming pretty much to, to help Judah out. Well, Hezekiah didn't know this. He wasn't aware of the big picture. And so this king here, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to get him to make a rash decision, a hasty decision. Uh, it's kind of like going to the grocery store. What do they call it? The impulse aisle? Man, I don't like going by that aisle sometimes. I look over the... I see all the stuff I don't need, but I think I need it all of a sudden when I'm getting ready to check out. That's what he's trying to get Hezekiah to do, to make a quick decision, thinking he needs to do this, and when in reality, guess what? There's help coming. He just needs to wait it out. So here's something to think about when it comes to prayer. We don't see the big picture because we're limited even in today. I thank the Lord I live in this generation. You know, sometimes I I enjoy history and I look back at previous generations and there's been times growing up I thought, man, it'd be pretty neat to go back and see that and see this. But you know, I thank the Lord I live today. Thank the Lord for air conditioning in the summer, heat in the winter. How about technology? You know, I enjoy getting online and being able to find information. It's a blessing to be able to communicate. Texting or calling somebody, you know, it's kind of made it uh, the ability for people to keep in touch easier. I'm so grateful for what we have and the technology that we have as far as technology here and the ability to use these things. But what we must always remember is, God is the one we're to go to. God is the one we're to rely upon. As far as Hezekiah here, he was discouraged from going. Lord, he he wasn't directed. To go to God. He was discouraged because they didn't want him to know what was really happening. And even today, you have all this information, we're still limited. Let me give you this example nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We can make plans and we can say, Well, I believe. But you know, I've had days where my whole day changed completely on news or something happened. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But God does. See, that's the point. God does. So when you pray, trust God is aware of these things. And trust Him. Hold on. Wait. And let the Lord work. And that's what he had to do. Also, as far as his fears were real. He was threatened. And his future was uncertain. He didn't know what was going to happen. But he took these things to God and he waited. So we find a man who didn't deny the facts. Okay, that's important. But you know what? He didn't agree with the conclusion. You see... The king of Assyria said, God's not going to help you. But he didn't believe in that. And that leads us to our final thought here. And that's his plea. And this is where we are going to be encouraged to wrap this up here this morning. Notice what he says here. And this is Second Kings chapter 19. And he go down to verse 19. He says, Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even now only. Notice his plea. This is important, okay? Because this is where I think we can learn a lot about prayer and learn a lot about talking to God and asking from God and making our requests known. Okay, notice this. He says, first off, let this man know your greatness. In other words, notice what he says here. Therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us out of Notice he said, his hand. This man had been boasting. This man had been bragging. This man had been saying, your God's not going to help you. We've destroyed all these nations, all these kings. Your, Your God is nowhere in sight. And he says, Lord, let him know your greatness. Now that word besiege means to plead. He's begging God. In other words, he's saying, Lord, do what this proud boaster says you can't do. God, show him your strength. Show him how great you are. Now, the reason I say we can learn a lot about prayer is because in the flesh, he might have wanted to say, Lord, go destroy this man. Lord, go kill this man or go wipe out his army. But you know, he didn't say any of those things. He basically says, Lord, just show your greatness. In other words, he's saying, Lord, you take care of the situation. However you want to do it is fine. Just please do it. God, help us. Show him how great you are. Show him how wonderful you are. And show him that he does not know you and that you're stronger than he thinks. You know, think about that for a moment. I think that should be our prayer today. When we're discouraged and in other times. You know, I I do pray that God would show himself great to this world. You know, I got a lot of friends who I believe. I, I say they're friends, but they don't believe in God. And I pray that God would show himself great to them. So they would say, Wow, God is great. God is wonderful. Now think about this. How about in your life? You can ask God to show himself great in your life. So others can see how great he is. Maybe in your home, you can ask God to show himself great in your home with with the blessings that he gives. Maybe in our church, you pray that God will show himself great in our church so the world will see his greatness, how great he is. What it amounts to, this wasn't a selfish prayer. He didn't say, Lord, we're so good, we're so wonderful, we deserve your help. No, he said, Lord, you're the reason why I'm asking this. Show yourself great. And then finally, basically, he wanted the world to know God's glory. At the very end here, he says in this verse 19, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Lord, will you please give a demonstration, so that everyone will say, you are God. And you are the only God. Do something so great that the world will take notice. Well, you know what? He did. That's why we're reading this passage today. Because God did send them a victory. God blessed them. And because they were blessed, God's testimony went out to the world. But basically, he said, Lord, let this be a lesson. Not just to the Assyrians, but for the whole world that they'll know your glory. And that they'll know that you're real you know this morning you know 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 i'm i'm going to turn over there if you if you want to turn that direction i'm going to read this verse here this morning it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 if you're taking notes and it says here whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all to the glory of god Now that's a command for us as Christians. You know, we're to do all to the glory of God. You know, that's a good verse to test everything with. You know, if you look and say, well, you know, I can't, I'm not sure if I can glorify God with this, then don't do it. But if you look and say, you know what, I can do this and glorify God, then hey, it's okay. Glorify God in all you do. At work, at home, at school. Glorify God. That's basically what this king is asking in this prayer. He says, God, do something that glorifies you. That exalts you and that lifts you up so that all may see how great you are. And that should be our prayer. Whether we're discouraged, whether we're not discouraged. Whether we're asking for something or whether we're just praising God. We ask that he glorifies himself in our life and in our world. You know, the late uh, preacher. I'll just slip my nose. I'm going to use an illustration. I forgot his name. I, I don't have it in my notes. Uh, i getting old, I guess, here. Anyway, it'll come to me. Lester Roloff, that's what it was, the late Lester Roloff. I I knew I'd get it if i think about it a sec. He he had a quote. He said, I want to do something so great that the world knows I didn't do it. Basically, he wanted God to work in his life. And that's how I think we should approach life. We want to do something so great that the world will say, man, God must be working in their life. God must be blessing them. That's why they have such a strong business. That's why they have such a strong ministry. That's why their family home, not that anybody's perfect, but that God is being glorified in our life and that we're honoring him in all areas of our life. And so this morning, in closing, uh, the question I have for you, are you discouraged? If not, file this away if you ever are discouraged. But this morning, if you are discouraged, let me tell you this. You don't have to carry your burdens alone. That's what it amounts to. You don't have to carry those burdens. The Bible tells us in Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two: "Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved." So this morning, cast your care upon God. Take that letter, lay it out before the Lord. Take your problem, lay it out to the Lord this morning. Say, God, I need help with this. And if you look to God, He's going to hear you. He's going to open up His eyes. He, he, he's going to give you victory. Now, he may give it in a way that's unexpected. That's, you read the rest of this passage, that's what you find. He gave victory, but not in a way they might have expected. But he gave it in the way he wanted to give. And so when you go to God, trust that he's going to give you the victory and he's going to bless your life. See, if you look to God, you're going to be blessed. If you continue to walk with God and you, you walk by, go by prayer, you're going to have what we call calm and confidence in your life, you're going to have peace. Because God will be with you. He's going to take care of you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.